I'm Al Davis. Good afternoon, family. Melvin Dickens, your co-host. And we're excited to have you here for our second show. We want to shout out to the producer extraordinaire, Mr. King Richard Good, and to all of our family and friends and followers. We're excited to bring you the second show. And we're glad to get started. We're excited. We had a great show for you today. Excited about our guest. We got a great guest. What's going on, family? Kamoy Martin, and I'm truly honored and blessed to be on the Real Estate Podcast. And listen, man, I'm excited about to give you guys some gems and, and, and all the value that I could possibly give. Well, we're certainly excited to have you here, Kimoy. Let, let's, um, let's get this thing started because I'm very excited. I know you, you're excited as well, right now? Yeah, I'm excited. I've been uh, following you on Instagram, Mr. Martin. And uh, man, it just seems like you are a true trendsetter, jet setter, uh, somebody to know um, and uh, excited about your story. Uh, you got started in business and the opportunity just to sit down and have a conversation with you, I think is a cool for us and our um, our program. So we're excited about what we got going on today. Yes, and for those of you that's listening that, that hasn't seen this Instagram, it's Kemoy, that's K-E-M-O-Y underscore Martin. Check it out. I think it, I know that his Instagram post is an inspiration to me. I look I look forward to seeing it every day. So, and me being in the business where I can't actually get away on a regular basis. Time I actually took a vacation where I got some R&R &R was probably 2015. So I try to live through his posts on Instagram. If he if it inspires me, I'm sure it probably inspires other people. So um, if whoever has been his Instagram, go check it out now. So while we're talking with him, you can see some of the things that he's done and he's accomplished. So just to start off, Kimoy, do you you remember how you met me? Uh, I believe, well, it was definitely when I was in the wholesaling business and, uh, you know, at just hustling, day-to-day -day grind, you know, finding deals and then finding, you know, premier cash buyers like myself. And I don't think I remember exactly which deal led me to you. I don't know if maybe, I don't know if maybe you reached out to me or I reached out to you or maybe I found you like through like Craigslist. I'm not sure. Do you remember how I found you? No, I just remember you called me. Like I had a house on Springfield over there off Old York Road that um yeah. we went that's and that's how we met. So um when I first met you start you were you were a wholesaler. And yeah. what a wholesaler does if, if if people don't know a wholesaler finds deals for investors. So you find good deals like houses at a reduced price that I could buy at a good price, fix it up and still make money on it. And then the wholesaler charges a fee. So so that's how I first met you. But since then, you went on to do greater things. But what made you not want to continue wholesaling? And what happened after you was wholesaling? So, you know, just a disclaimer, I I think wholesaling is an amazing business, right? It gives you the opportunity to be able to, you know, to, to be able to build a business, make a lot of money in a short window of time without having to have a, a lot of capital, right? And I feel like you learn so much, you meet a lot of people. And I, in my in my humble opinion, I think it's a really good foundation for real estate because at the end of the day, as a wholesaler, your job is to like find deals, right? And whether you wanna be a fix and flipper or you wanna be a, you know, buying whole type person, develop, whatever, like the foundation is finding good opportunities and finding deals, right? So I feel like wholesaling is definitely an amazing opportunity. But I think the thing for me was it's, it's, you can make a lot of money, but if you don't really have like a big team or just a team and you don't really set up a certain way, it can almost feel like a job. Like it's like you're working from deal to deal. Yes. And for me, you know, I didn't want that feeling, right? Like obviously, like you guys said, like, I travel all the time. I love to travel. I love freedom. Um, I love having my own time. And I, I never want to feel like, okay, great, I got this good deal. But then it's like, I'm, I'm going to constant just hustle mode to get that next one. Um, so I took a lot of my capital that, that I, that I earned from wholesaling and I poured it into other businesses. And, you know, one of the businesses in, in particular was getting into the short-term rental industry. Um, you know, most popularly known when it comes to the Airbnb business, it's just under the short-term rental umbrella. But, um, you know, that's why I tap, tapped into and other, and other businesses that allowed me to create passive income really. But once I really got a taste of being able to make income, whether I'm physically present or not. You know, that's that's what led me to that transition. So question, brother. Um, you know, and I, I know you just kind of expanded and branched off and, and doing great success with the Airbnb. Um, but when we're talking about the wholesaling, um, because we kind of was when we did our first show, we talked about getting into real estate without without having any money. And that was sort of a hook. Everybody wanted to come. We had a live audience and it was really yeah. a great time. And people even asked me today, man, how did you get started? How much money did you have? And I. 
I mean, be honest, you know, um, I had the, the, the mentorship and the toolage of, of Al. Um, and so I didn't have a lot of money uh, or I didn't use a lot of my own capital. So I got into kind of doing a wholesale deals. You told me how to do assignment contracts. Question for you is um, what type of money do you think? I mean, can you just show an example? Not that I want you to necessarily disclose your income, but what type of money do you think people who are just kind of getting started um, can potentially make in wholesaling um, that they can potentially then, you know, as you did, take their capital and put them into other business ventures? I mean, what do you think? Um, are some of the uh, areas and how could they kind of scale up? Right. Yeah. And, you know, it depends. It depends on the, the market that a person's in. But I know for me, when I was getting started, like the average wholesale deal was about like, you know, five to 10 grand. Right. And I truly believe it is extremely doable for the average person to be able to at least do one to two deals per month. Like, you know, like at least if you're consistent with marketing and you know, and you're just doing the necessary, you know, steps, right? So, real, I mean, I truly believe a person can make anywhere from, you know, five to five to to twenty k a month, really. And and the thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to take a lot of money. I know for me, when I got started, um, I had I had a job at the Department of Social Services as a caseworker, right, making less than thirty thousand dollars a year. And honestly, that job was really the catalyst for me wanting to get into just wholesaling, just entrepreneurship in general, because I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore and I got into $100,000 in student loan debt and I could not find a job in my field for nothing. So like getting that job at social services was a hookup, right? And believe it or not, getting a $30,000 job was a hookup, right? But I was blessed, grateful to have a job. But to be honest with you, after doing that for a couple of years, I just knew in my heart, I couldn't just work 40 plus hours a week for $30,000. It just, for the life of me, it didn't make sense. It just, you know, so I was really looking for different opportunities that can allow me to become an entrepreneur and make money while still not having a, a lot of money, right? So that's when I came across wholesaling. What I found out was you can really grind, right? So if you don't have a lot of capital, it's like you can, you know, for me, when I got started, it was like I was putting up like banner signs. You can, you know, Direct mail. I know direct mail is probably not as popular now as it was back then, but like that doesn't have to take up a lot of that. That can be a little costly, but you know what I did was I partnered up with a couple other people and we had poured some money to direct mail. Um, but even like going on Craigslist and like trying to find deals on Craigslist and 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 all these different ways, like it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You can you can knock on doors if you really want to if you really want to get gangster, right? But it's the same, man. Like. It is really a business that if you don't have a lot of money, you can really get out there and grind and hustle. At the end of the day, it's all wholesaling is marketing, right? Like when you really get good at marketing and just like constantly filling up your pipeline with potential opportunities of, of motivated sellers, like you're gonna find deals. Like it's just it's just a matter of you just gotta be consistent. And you can have no money, or if you have money, that's great too, because then you can just pour money, more money into marketing. But you could do it with little to no money or, you know, some money too. No, I, I agree. And and I tell a lot of people, and you can speak on this as well, and, and so can you, Mel, you can touch on it. Can you talk a little bit about when you were wholesaling, when you what made you want to get into wholesaling and and how important is it to have someone that has the experience to put yourself around to learn from in order to get into a business where you could be successful? Yeah, I, I got that's that's a good question. Well, you want me to answer? Go ahead, go ahead, keep more right. than that. Yeah, yeah, that's um that's a really good question. Well, like finding finding the right person is is everything, right? Like the way how I even got introduced to it, when I had that dissatisfaction from that job, um, I started reading books, like personal development books, right? And I read one book by the name of um, Success Principles by Jack Canfield, and Jack Canfield was talking about creating mastermind groups with like like-minded people. And I literally just looked up, you know, just text a few of my friends that had that similar dissatisfaction of their job like I did. And we would meet up like once a week and we would talk about different business ideas. And you you couldn't even imagine the all the crazy different ideas that came up in conversation. Like we even thought about having like a, a hookah shop that we thought about owning a club lounge. And then one of my friends, you know, they talked about wholesaling. And me personally, I had no idea what wholesaling was. This was back in 2013. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, you can, you don't have to have a lot of money and you can, you know, find houses and, you know, kind of 
you know, just kind of sell a contract <laughs> to a Ken buyer or whatever. And I'm like, it sounds interesting. So I started doing the research and I had found people that were making a lot of money in wholesaling, right? Some people that were making millions and millions of dollars. And I would literally try to find anything that they had online from eBooks or just like any type of courses or mentorships. And, and I just literally went on a binge of just like, just taking, uh, taking in all this information. And just from doing that, I got inspired to go to like more conferences and seminars and meeting more people that are very well versed when it came to wholesaling. And it was like the more the more I learned, the more confident I got. And I just started putting, you know, putting the work out there in marketing. And the thing is, what I always tell people, you know, the shortcut to success is finding people that already have what you want. Right? Like the shortcut to success is finding people that have already done it. So many people they want to do things by themselves. And it's like you're gonna go through all the time and money trying to, you know, figure it out on your own when you could save a lot of time and money to, to learn from somebody that went through all those sacrifices and wasted all that time, wasted all that money, right? Like literally, so if you pay somebody that has took five, 10, 20, whatever years to learn a specific craft that they make a lot of money in, right? you're literally getting the opportunity to avoid the, the, the five, 10, whatever years that they spent mastering that craft so that they made millions of dollars, right? But it's, instead, a lot of people, they just choose to say, well, I'm gonna just figure it out my own, right? Then they have to go through their own five, 10, 15, whatever years. But you can probably do it in your first year because you can find a mentor or a coach that have done, has done it before. They can give you the cheat code, right? The shortcut. So, yeah. No need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And I think that is so profound, uh, Kimoy, because, uh, you know, as I was working with Al, you know, he has his own mentorship program. And obviously, you know, there's a, there's a cost to it. And um, you know, teaching obviously teaching folks how to how to wholesale. Um, I mean, assess property values and all of those things. But the interesting thing to me was sometimes when I would tell people about it, they kind of cringe at the cost, right? Yeah. But I think about well, but you paid a hundred thousand dollars to go to college, and as you just said, you had a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt, but you're only uh, working a job is only thirty thousand a year. So it's it's you know I think sometimes we put a value on you know the type of information and uh, uh the business acumen uh the folks like yourself and mr davis have um and, and can bring to the table but um you know I, I would say i definitely agree with what you said i think when i i you know as as as, as i kind of brought me in and started showing me the ropes what was amazing to me um was really in many ways i thought of it as almost a networking opportunity because just as you said earlier Kimoy, I, I met so many people now many of the people i have I'm, I'm building my own sort of buyers list right my own investors list and my own list of, of wholesalers and contacts and i think sometimes you know it, I, interesting thing happened to me yesterday went to look at a property met about three different uh uh, uh, uh brothers who were into investing and wholesaling right so immediately we exchanged information so now i have three additional people that i may contact now um, around um, potential wholesaling deals. If I get something or if I'm looking for um, a property for an investor or for myself, um, now I have, um, I'm just expanding content. So I think that's, that's just been invaluable. Um, and, you know, again, always learning from somebody. One of the things I said, I'm always have an opportunity for conversation um, and just kind of talk to people and, and learn because um, you, you learn sometimes uh, looking at a house is in terrible shape. Um, just kind of what other people are doing and how they're moving and what are some of the trends are um, uh, in, in the particularly the wholesaling market. So that's interesting. Yeah, and, and I tell everybody, and I was speaking on it for years. The way that what I learned when I first got into the game is that I didn't know everything about the real estate game. So I decided when people, when I would meet people and I knew that those persons had what I needed to know, had the knowledge that I needed to know. I try to surround myself with them in some type of aspect. Like my lawyer, for instance, I knew that he had started a hard money company and he had, you know what I'm saying? They, they had lent out $20 million. So I knew that was a person I wanted to be around and I wanted to learn from. So I would try to get more acquainted about how he does his business and, and the things he, he do and the things that he doesn't do. And people that had many, many properties, like um, my man Fred is probably gonna come on he had like 1,500, 2,000 properties. So I started, you know, trying to get more acquainted with them and learn from them some of the things that I didn't learn. So I didn't feel as though it was a need to reinvent the wheel when I could just surround myself with people that, that had the knowledge that I didn't have at that time. Yeah. So 
through all the years just by surrounding myself with people and gaining the knowledge that they've that they've acquired over the years i've learned much more in a quicker period of time like you said kimoy so i think that's very important very instrumental for people to understand you can get in the game any type of game and learn but you're gonna have to try to invent your own will try to reinvent will but you don't really have to if you can just find somebody that has the experience that you need in the area that you need and be respectful about it you know be respectful about their time pick their brain if you can in any way you can and and, and just take that which you can learn and keep going yep there's so much power in proximity so much power just getting around the right people can change your life yes i agree now, when you when you were doing wholesaling, did you actually keep any of the properties? No. And okay. um, that, and that's another thing too about wholesaling, right? Like, again, wholesaling can be an amazing foundation, and you know, but what a lot of people have to keep in mind is like you got to have some type of goal. You got to have some type of you know exit strategy because like, boom, you make all this money wholesaling. You know, if you just continue to go deal to deal. You're going to keep going from deal to deal, right? Like you got to put, what I would highly recommend is you take some of that capital and, and actually like pour it into real estate, like buy, buy assets, right? So that way you're not only making money from just, you know, moving these deals, but you're also making money passively in other avenues as well. I agree. I agree. So, and, and that's what I did when I started and I got the list from the bank and I started wholesaling. I was doing like four wholesale deals a month. I just saved as much, I pay my bills and I saved as much as I can until I was able to save enough money to put down on the first investment property. And then I just continued on from there. But yeah, you have to have a goals. You have to have goals and objectives. Um, you can't just, cause money goes so fast. You can easily spend a hundred thousand a month. That's that's really easy to do. But your goals, you, you want to put your money back into your business. I think that's the best way, best route to go. What do you think, Mel? Yeah, money does go fast. Um, and uh, I think, you know, you know, wholesaling, because what's interesting about it, oftentimes, you know, it's a it's like, uh, you know, you, you're getting your money in 30 days. Typically, the typical deal is about a 30 day close. And so, even though you say, oh, man, I've made twenty thousand dollars, but you still got to wait 30 days to collect it. And then so, you know, I think you have to be disciplined to say, I'm not going to spend my 20,000 before I get it in my hand. Right. Or, um, you know, put it right back in just as what Al said, um, put it right back into investing. If you want to buy assets as, um, as you said, keep more. So I think that's a, that's a, a, a critical point because sometimes the money is coming so fast. You can um, say, Oh, wow, I'm going to the mall. Or, <laughs> um, obviously when you get money, if you got family responsibilities, there's always things that come up and we all know that, right? I mean, sometimes yeah. things are foreseen that come up. Um, but having a goal, I think, is important. Putting it on paper. I remember, um, uh, uh, I can remember it vividly. I still have the paper. I'm going to pull it out and show it to you. Um, when we sat in, in Panera Bread, me, you, and uh, another Mr. Davis, and we put down on paper how I could try to get to my goals. Right. right? And mm -hmm. so um, it's it's been it's been a process, but, but, you know, I'm working towards that. So I think that's, that's critically important um, about how we got to, structured deals and i think you're right um Kimo, i can see where this could be um sort of like a job because uh, unless you have some other come it could be um a thing where i'm chasing deals right because if i'm if i'm dependent on wholesaling to be my primary um source of income then you know i could continuously put myself sort of on a hamster wheel that i have yeah. to continuously chase you know the next deal so i mean i really like what you said about how you decided to, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, diversify and, and put some of your capital in, into other um, business opportunities. Yeah, because I'm looking at them like, of course, on the real estate scale, I was maybe a little above you. I don't really want to say I was better. I was just a little above you as far as my experience, I guess. But I'm looking at you now, like, I, mean, I still do my real estate thing. I'm happy with it, but I'd much rather be living, you know what I'm saying? I'd much rather have your, you know, be doing some of the stuff that's on your Instagram. So you sort of like <laughs> an inspiration to me now because I would love to get away and go to some of the locations that I see even on your Instagram. Uh, and I know whoever go to your Instagram and look at that, they probably gonna feel the same way because I don't have any vacation photographs and videos on my Instagram. So 
I mean, tell me a little bit about, I mean, like, do you have Airbnbs in all those locations? Um, how did you get to all those locations? And what, what would one have to do? Like, say a guy like me that just, I'm just a real estate guy. I'm not much more than that. Um, all I do is basically work. And it was told to me, just go home and sleep or whatever. But how leverage what I'm doing now to kind of sort of like you're living in your Instagram. Can you help me get to that point? And what do you think some of the traits I need to have? Well, you know, what I will say is first and foremost, you know, it's very humbling hearing that from you because, you know, I, I've looked up to you for years, right? Like, especially when I got into, into the real estate game, man. Like, I just, just kind of seeing what you were doing and how, and just the fact that you were also helping other people, you know, of course, the amount of money that you were making and the success that you were having, like, that was like, that, that helped expand my vision and my possibility of, of you know, what's out there, man. And, you know, it's just kind of humbling just hear you say that about me. But, um, you know, what I'll say is, man, like, you gotta really, you gotta really know what you want, right? Like, I always tell people, you know, it, entrepreneurship, is, it's exciting. Like, the opportunity to make, that's why people will see like certain, certain people posting checks or, People living certain lives and they'll want to know whether they do and they'll just kind of like run and gravitate which is which is fine because that's what a lot of us kind of do when we want to you know get into business we, we, we tend to see some type of story or inspiration out there yes um, but what we also have to understand is you know it's more than just money right because if you choose a business just because of the amount of money that you can make but if you're not necessarily enjoying you know the full picture of the business it's like you're really not going to be fulfilled, you know? And I always tell people, like, design your life, like, design your life, then, then choose an opportunity. Don't choose an opportunity, then design your life, right? So many people, they try to choose a job, and then they realize that the job doesn't allow them to live the life that they want, right? So for me, I just, I just sat down one day, and I just really thought about, okay, what, like, how do I want my life to be? And I know for me, traveling was really important to me. Like, it's not just about going on vacations. I just have a deep down desire to see the world, you know, create a lot of experiences and just really live life to the fullest. But I didn't want to just be able to travel. I also wanted to be able to build wealth and, and make money, right? So I, that's when I started just kind of really pinpointing, okay, what kind of businesses can allow me to do that, right? And Airbnb was one of them, but what I will say is just because you have an Airbnb business doesn't automatically mean you're going to be rich and free automatically. No, you still have to build the business right, you got to structure it, and if you do want it to be passive income, you need to create a system and build a team, right? So that's what I did. I started with one property, and the cool thing is when it comes to this whole Airbnb and short-term rental thing, you can do this with owning a property, but you can also do it without owning a property. And that's kind of my specialty right there. I call it rental arbitrage, right? And that's the ability of acquiring a property that's more so designed for a long-term rental. We'll rent or lease the property out, and then we'll furnish it, create a comfortable space, and then we'll utilize a platform like Airbnb and other similar sites. And this gives us the opportunity to create cash flow, right? And of course, with people booking your properties, right? People are saying, they could be staying for one day, they could be staying for a week, they could be staying for a month, they could be staying for several months. And to some people, they're like, well, is it is it, is it a lot of work dealing with people that may be you know, checking in for one day and you got another person checking in for two days? Like me, me personally, I'm not really, I'm not really present for any of it because again, I have a team, right? So I, I got cleaners, I got I got a handyman, um, I, got, I got, you know, virtual property managers so that way anything that's going on my property i can literally be halfway across the world and i, I don't have to be present right because i got people talking to guests 24 7 365 i got people cleaning the property i got people helping out if guests ever have issues and and that's really the thing with any business like any you know most most businesses it could be it could be passive like you can you can pretty much be able to remove yourself and be able to make money while doing what you want but you got to build a team build a team create a system and I just built it from one property after one property after one property. I took my profits from one and I poured into another, took my profits from the second, poured into the third one. And that's the thing when you start making money, right? And that's something that I wish I would have been more aware of with wholesaling. When we take your money, right? Re either reinvest it into your business, reinvest it into marketing, but most importantly, you want to reinvest into 
into the business of some sort so that way it can continually grow and scale. And, you know, as the passive income went up, you know, the, the, the stamps on my passport went up, you know, and it's just, I just, I have fun with this business, right? I have fun with this business and, you know, I also teach other people the business as well. Right. But, um, what I'll tell you what it has, what, what it takes is it really takes its mindset too. everything's mindset, especially with business, right? It's like, you, first of all, you have to believe you can really build a business while still traveling around the world. Like that, that has to be like a belief. <laughs> right like for some people right. they don't even believe they could do that but you got to believe that you can and then once you really believe that you can then you can set up the necessary things in place as far as creating a system and you know leveraging you know whether it's opm or you know or just other people's time that's what happens when you build a team um but just being in that mindset to understand that you can build something that can allow you to travel the world if you want to travel or just most importantly build something to the point where it's passive so that you can have the time to do what you want. Exactly. And that's what we want to talk about. So I don't understand. I want you to break it down some more. So you're basically saying we're going to take a break, but when you come back, I want you to explain how you can get a, I think you call it short term rental, Sh short term yeah. without rental arbitrage. Yeah. I want you to explain that and how I can get a property without owning it, but still make money from the short term rental. So we're going to break it. When we come back, we're going to talk about, okay, Kimoy. For sure. Welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. We're going to get started with our second half of the show. We're here with myself, uh, Melvin Dickens, and my brother here, Al Dace. The compadre. The real estate guru, I like to call him. And we have a dynamic, awesome guest today. Brother Kimoy Martin. Oh, Amen. Right. Amen. And so we're going to get started. Hey, Mel, this is what I want to know. Listen, I look at Kimoy's Instagram all the time. It motivates me. I'm inspired. I told you about it, right? Yes, sir. Do it inspire you? All the places you go to? Absolutely. I'm tripping. Because somebody told me this morning, actually, all you do is work and sleep. I want to stop that. <laughs> I don't want to work right, and sleep no right, more. Right. And I don't, I want to get in this. I want, you want to know, like, I want to know how can we get these short term pieces of rental properties without owning them. I want to know that because that's I'm going to sell all my properties and travel like you and I'm going to get one or two of those. If I go to the Maldives and get one, I'll be happy with that one. Um, but one thing before we touch on that, a lot of people a lot of people look like I know a lot of people in real estate. I've been doing it for over 20 years. So a lot of people look at my life and inspired to do what I do. But I don't want everybody to think this is all roses because I work a lot. Like I work a lot and I'm always tired. And like somebody told me again this morning, you be up at four o'clock every morning, da 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 da. Get up at four o'clock in the morning, work all day, go to bed at eight o'clock, get up and do it again tomorrow. And I haven't took a vacation since where well, I got real R and R since 2015. So I don't want anybody living life like that. You know what I mean? It's not real happy. You know what I'm saying? You with people that you're happy with, but it's not a happy life and it's stressful. But if I could mix the two and free up some of my time, I like to do some of the things that Kimo is doing. So I'm looking at his stuff like, so I can go get some Airbnbs or short-term rentals in different places around the country and around the world. And I can also visit those places while at the same time making money on it. So yeah. Yeah. What's, your, what's your thoughts on that? That's where I want to be. Uh, I, I'll be awesome to scale up to that level. And I think, um, uh, but, I, but I also want to say real quick that some of what I'm listening, when I watch you and Kimoy, right, you both are controlling your own destiny. So time is a good thing. You just got to, I would say, manage yours a little more to take some more relaxation, right? But but you still have your own time. You, you're your own man. You're your own boss in the sense you don't necessarily work for anyone else. Um, and, and, and that's what Kimoy is doing. And I think this is what a lot of people want. Um, and even if folks can't maybe scale up to that level, maybe it is the additional passive income or... Um, I think Kimo said it earlier, conducting generational wealth, right? Um, building wealth you know, for the for your folks that come after you, you know, your children, your grandchildren um, and, and and creating that legacy. So I think you're on your way. I think we, you know, this he has a, a unique formula, I think, um, to be able to kind of do this in, in the business we in. And so we are really interested in hearing um, from Brother Martin here. So um, I, I got a question um, as you as you start talking about how you get started. Because I know this is something that always happens. 
because folks are going to ask, well, what does my credit have to look like? Or does it, do I have to have a lot of money? Do I have to have, you know, a 750 credit score, 800 credit score? Um, and so that that's a question, because I think that's something that sometimes folks look at where they are in their lives and they say, oh, well, I'm, I might only have a 650 because I have maybe that that that, uh, that student loan debt. Right. And all many of us have that. I, I just yeah. finished the master's program. So I'm in that boat. Um so if you can touch on that a little bit, I think that would that would be a great gem for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I always tell people, right? It's like number one, if you want to be an entrepreneur, right? Like you gotta be you gotta be very solution oriented, and you also have to understand that no matter where you are in life, financially, credit wise, whatever, you can make it happen. But you have to understand that you can make it happen. That that's that's the most important thing. A lot of people they 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 they, they knock themselves out the game before they even start. <laughs> right. Right. And would it help to have good credit, you know, as far as this whole rental arbitrage thing? Absolutely. Do you need good credit? Like, is it like, is it a make or break thing? No, it's not. Matter of fact, one of my coaching students, um, she she got into my coaching program, I want to say the beginning of February. And it's like she felt like she felt like she had to really take take it slow because she felt like her credit was shot. She had somebody working on her credit. And I was like, I was like, no, <laughs> right? Like, no, do not take it slow. Like, let's let's start the process. Let's actually like have the conversation with landlords and property managers about what it is that we do. Right. And um, because because there was that shift in her thought process. Okay, cool. Let me not get caught up on my situation. Let me actually follow through on the plan. And literally, you know, one week later, she found an opportunity. Right. She found an opportunity to to get a property. Uh, a one-bedroom apartment within a complex, and not only did they, you know, did they allow her to get this one property that that she's going to utilize for her Airbnb business, they also asked if she wanted more properties, right? Wow. And so the thing is, there's different ways you can go about it, right? Like you, you can deal with like, you know, apartment complexes and and property managers, or you can deal with private landlords, right? You can go either route, right? But what I would say is, if your credit is not so great it's probably easier to go to go to the private land on um, private landlord route but either way you can make it happen right like I, I have documented students that have made it happen without having the greatest credit also also you know if all else fails you can also partner up with somebody you know maybe for the first go around right somebody that does have good credit right you know like you just have to have the mindset that there's always a way right it, that, yeah, so that that's what I'll say when it comes to come to that. Okay, well, break it down for me because I'm not real smart. So I look like this. When you tell me stuff like that, I'm like, all right, can I go to the Maldives, talk to the Sheridan Hotel in the Maldives, and like, can I do a short term rental with one of your rooms? Just let me get real <laughs> three, and then short term rental for that, and, and, and that's my that's my Airbnb. So all right, so I guess let me simplify, right? <laughs> we're, we're, First of all, you can't you can do this globally. You can do this in other countries. But what I always tell people, like you know, you can start this business right in your backyard, right? Like right in Atlanta, right in Baltimore, right in Houston, you know, California, New York. Where like you can you can start in your backyard. And you know, I, I probably have about 500 students nationwide, um, and even other parts of the country, like you know, uh, some students in the UK, Ghana. Um, in, the, in the Caribbeans, right? And again, you can start right in your own city. Of course, there's certain regulations that you have to be mindful of, but for the most part, you can start right in your own city. And the thing is, if you do want to take this to other countries, you can as well. And at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, just have, just effectively communicating and negotiating with landlords and property managers. That's, that's, that's really the name of the game. And, and creating a win-win situation because it has to make sense for them and it has to make sense for you. So that's exactly how we go about doing it. Okay, so I go find a property management, a property manager or a landlord. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm thinking big time, that's all I'm thinking. Like I want to yep. go down to Hob in Baltimore. Yep. The building they just built at 100 Light Street. I want to go in and talk to the management and say, can I get unit 303 and um, I want to short-term rental it. Let yeah. me get, or do I just rent it and then go ahead and short-term rental it? I'm just trying to get a better understanding. Yeah, 
Great question, right? And I, I'm actually glad you said that, right? Because when it comes to this business, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Uh, when I first got started in this business, I, I did this completely wrong, right? And what I say by that is like, I was actually renting out these places without getting permission for short-term rentals. And the thing is, I would always tell people like, you don't want to go down that route because number one, you can get kicked out, right? You can piss off a landlord or prop manager, right? Um, um, thing, it's not really, it's not, it's not a real business at that point, right? It's not, it's just, you're just kind of hoping nobody finds out you're just doing it. Right. Cause like when you look at most leases, it pretty much, you know, you're pretty much signing a piece of paper that says you're not going to sublet or you're not going to let anybody else see in this case besides yourself. Right. So you want to do this the right way and you want to be able to, again, you know, communicate and negotiate with these people on the intent of your business so that way you guys can actually create you know an agreement and that could that agreement could be say there's a regular lease right then you can have an addendum on top of that lease pretty much stating um how you're going to utilize this property right um or you can have a lease say under your under your business name but either way it's it's really important that you position it the right way so that way you can have a long-term business Oh, the thing is, what I'll tell you is, there's you can you can get one unit, right? You can get a house. You can do this with a house. You can do this with a condo. Um, you can do this with with uh, an apartment. And the thing is, you could just get one apartment, or you know, you can position yourself to say connect with like a developer or somebody that's you know you know that's 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 launching a new apartment. Like you can you can lease up a whole entire building, right? Like you can lease up a whole complex, or you can get a you know, a bunch of, a bunch of units, right? You can, you can do this on a very big scale or you can start, you know, at the, at the ground level, just by unit by unit. There's, there's different ways to go about it. So is there, is it like a, okay, say if I'm going to this apartment complex or this building that, that has rental units and it's in the area that I want to Airbnb or short-term rental, is there a specific strip, I mean, script or, or, or spiel or, or, or lines that I have to say to the management company or to the ownership? Like, how do I word it to them? Is there a certain way you have to word it to them in order yeah. to let you do that to their building? Because they can do it themselves. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. So what I will tell you is, um, I, like, I do have a script, but I, I have some students that would kind of, like, get mad at me if I just kind of, like, just kind of shot my script. But but what I will tell you is the most important thing is, is, is finding a way to explain the value in working with somebody like you, right? having them understand that you're just not going to have any or everybody in these properties. Like you're actually conducting a business and you're going to be doing it well. Right. Uh, that's, that's really the most important part. And then you can really cultivate a script or, or a soundbite that that's, that's trans that's, that's real to you. That makes sense for you. Um, but also it aligns with, you know, a landlord or property manager. Now at the end of the day, this isn't going to be for every landlord or property manager. Like, I want to make that very clear. Not every landlord or property manager out here is going to be for this. It's just, it is what it is. But there is more than enough opportunity. Like, like matter of fact, within the past 48 hours, you know, two of my students, you know, locked up, you know, four properties, you know, for their short-term rental business. So it's like, it's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's more than enough opportunity. It's just it's just a matter of just yeah, positioning yourself and, and doing it the right way, and and also being okay with, with rejection. Because like I said, not everyone's gonna be for this. So it's like just because one landlord or property manager tells you no, you know, get over it. It's like almost like wholesaling, right? Like just because one motivated seller sell, just because the seller tells you no, it's like doesn't mean that no is like forever, or it's like doesn't mean that there aren't deals out there. You just gotta keep going. There's there's people out there that's looking at partner up with you or, or connect with you yeah don't don't start right there now once you once you get in the door and you get the meeting with the property manager or the building owner you you're basically doing a lease with them so you're gonna you're gonna have to have in your pocket the first month's rent and the security deposit because i know i rent my properties whoever who i'm talking to you're gonna have to show they have the income to afford the rental or they have to be with a program or they have to have their first month they have to have the first month's rent that's that's my question how could you afford it and you're gonna need your security deposit do you have your security deposit so those are some of my main questions are those yep. the questions answering is that the money that you have to have also yep you, you you're gonna want you're gonna want to put up the rent in the deposit but i always tell people this right like opm other people's money there's ways to leverage credit there's ways to 
I mean, just a hack. Like you can liquidate a credit card. Like there's ways to to get the funding even further deposit and the rent, right? Like there's there's unique strategies. So it's like whether somebody has the capital or not, never let lack of funds be the reason why you don't spar. Especially if it's only like a because if I can give you an average amount to launch to launch, say like a one bedroom um, apartment for an Airbnb business, you know, I'll say it's roughly about four thousand dollars, right? And it's like with utilizing OPM, there's ways to get that. And I'll furnish and I'll furnish a whole unit with with a credit card. And I'll rack up all these reward points to trial for free. Wow. Say that one more time. You went right over my head. Say that again. Other people's money. OPM. I like it. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of business because mm-hmm. I, I tell everybody, don't if you if you to get in this business, money's probably the last thing I worry about. Where am I gonna get the money from? How am I gonna get the money? That's the last thing I worry about. I just worry about finding a good deal. People with yeah. money always say that key more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a fact though. It's a fact. Good opportunity, like money money attracts a good opportunity, right? There's always yeah. there's always a way. Yeah, I, I wanna um jump in real quick if I can Al. So what are some of the trends? Like I, I've been hearing some things because um I in fact, you know, as I and I, we've been talking about this and, you know, people have been asking about and talking about Airbnb. Um, and what are some of the trends? And then I'm also understanding, is there some like legislation that because that, that, they're trying to maybe track down or cut down on some of this uh, money? Like maybe the hotel industry is uh, maybe um, angry because of the competition. I'm understanding they're going to because they don't because Airbnbs are not or short term rentals are not registered like hotels but in some ways they operate like hotels is there anything that you see or is going on trends that's coming down a pipe that we should be aware of as it, as it relates to that yeah for sure so like some cities have have definitely implemented um certain regulations for different reasons some cities they just want a piece of the piece of the pie right so they're trying to get their tax uh, other reasons like you mentioned hotels are there's there's hating right the same the same reason why the the taxi industry was, was hating on uber right it's just right. they start they start just kind of like put going getting into their pockets and you know kind of getting into their into their income um so there are certain things in place and i always tell people like you know do your own due diligence but it's like you can still absolutely make it happen like in baltimore for instance like i got a bunch of properties in baltimore and it's like in baltimore you need to get a short-term rental license and the, the, the amazing thing is it's not hard to get it's actually pretty simple uh but that's why it's really important to get permission from landlords and property managers so that way any any documentation that you need to get anything that you may need to get registered uh you can easily get it done because you have the consent of the landlord and property manager okay now these properties that, that you want to acquire and do the short-term rentals on, is is, is 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 it still a rule of location, location, location? Or can yes. they be anywhere within a city? So location is definitely key. Uh I truly believe you can you can probably make it happen in, in maybe any and every neighborhood, but to an extent. Obviously, people are gonna be, be willing to pay more being in, in a better neighborhood, right? Or like you understand too with Airbnb, it attracts travelers from different countries. So it's like, if I can give you just kind of like certain insight, you know, in certain neighborhoods in Baltimore, you get somebody that's from like uh, Boston or or certain parts. Like if you, depending on the part of Baltimore, that, that can be like really scary <laughs> for somebody that's like not from there, right? So right, right. you definitely got to be mindful because Airbnb attracts certain type of travelers. And um, the best bet is really get things in just areas where people would like to be or that's in close proximity to 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 places where people are trying to travel to, whether it be like, you know, airport, um, convention centers, hospitals, you know, headquarters, corporations and, and or just or even like sometimes universities, right? You just, you want, location is definitely a thing. And I always tell you this, right? Here's a hack. If, if if you want to know a good place to get Airbnb, you know, looking to get in something nearby a hotel. Because if you, if you understand about hotels, hotels spend a lot of money researching where they should put their properties. Like, right. they, hotels just don't put their properties anywhere. They're very strategic. Right. So... Yeah, location is does matter. But at the same time, you can also attract like say travel nurses or people that are looking to stay someplace long term 
And it may not necessarily have to be like in a super touristy area. And it can be like, you know, kind of like inner residential. And you can still make money and make it happen. Okay, so can I do it with a hotel? I can't well, I have, so, so, so what I will tell you, I've seen hotel rooms on Airbnb. Just me personally, me personally, I, I don't know how that even works. Or a lot of times too, sometimes hotels will even put, you know, rooms on Airbnb. Sometimes apartments themselves put properties on Airbnb. Okay. You know, so, so it's like, can you put it possibly, possibly, but me personally, I'm not, I'm not like an expert when it comes to that. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to learn about it and let me know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm, I'm always a student, so I'm always learning new stuff. All right. So whatever you need to know about this and what, what, what Mel and I'll do, just, I got you. Don't worry about it. I need to know how to get to some of these locations. If you know the people at the front desk or whatever. So I go ahead and try to book one of these trips, man, and stay in one of these exotic locations. That's my man, I, man. You know, you're my main man, fifty grand. But I, I, I want to take some trips. But I'm really excited to learn more about um, how to do these short-term rentals. Mel, Mel, whatever question you might have for Kimo. So I, I mean, I was, um, you know, we're talking about trends, and uh, and 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 it seems like that this is, you know, I'm just wondering because you know, like you said. Um, you said hating, right? Um, I guess the hotel industry or folks want their piece of the pie when you're cutting into somebody else's profit. Um, you know, they lobby. So I'm wondering just like in terms of you've been in it for some time, I guess a few years and been able to be successful, but what would it be for, for us saying, okay, we want to kind of launch an Airbnb business. What would you think it's going to be like in the next five years? Well, here's, here's my thought process. That's a good question. You know, I, I have a hundred percent belief in, in the short-term rental industry because the short-term rental industry has been around even before Airbnb. Like Airbnb came out, I want to say like maybe like around 2007 or five or something like that. Airbnb has been around for like years. Um, but at the same time, it's like the short-term rental industry has been around probably before we all been put on this earth. Right, like there's always been short-term rentals in some way, shape, or form. So Airbnb, Airbnb is just a platform that made it very popular, and that just made it very easy for the average everyday person to actually make it make it a business, and also to even book one. Um, the the ability to have a short-term rental that's going to be here forever because it was here before, and it's going to just continue to be here. People always need short-term rentals. That's why there's hotels. But the reason why people like Airbnbs and things of that nature, like is because typically you'll see houses, condos, apartments. So people like to have that home away from home and the kitchens and all the different stuff. And that's what yeah. makes it a cool concept in comparison to say just a regular hotel room. Yeah, I, I it's interesting because I remember in the early 2000s, we used to go uh, to beaches and I had a large family, small kids, and we would always get a, like a vacation cottage. And I remember going to an island, you know, and they had the island rentals. But it was always tended to be around a tourist location. And now I feel like Airbnb, like you said, around colleges. Um, I know when my daughter graduated from college, it was a family that came in. They were from, they lived in actually Shanghai. They came in to New York, but they found a place um, in the city. And I was mad because I had rented a hotel and I was outside the city because I was doing a couple of dollars. Um, so it's just like the nuance is going and now people... Um, it's not just around a vacation piece. It's around business. Um, like you said, universities, you know, maybe professors are coming in to teach or the seminars or businesses. So I think now the expansion of how people use it um, has made it not only more lucrative, but given more opportunity. Yep. So sounds like it could be kind of lucrative. I'm actually thinking about it. Uh, I guess my last question, because I know we got to go. I know you got to get on a plane and go somewhere, but. Do, do you actually go out and seek the units or do people call me every day with properties, wholesalers, the banks, agents, do you, do people call you with the property and you go look at the locations like I do, or do you go out and do some type of marketing to find properties and locations? Yeah. So see in the very beginning, I used to aggressively go out to find properties and talk to landlords and property managers. Um, but now because I have, I have such great relationships with the landlords and property managers that I work with. You know, every time there's availability in their apartments, they always reach out to me. Like in one building, I have about eight apartments in one building that has 20 units. And every time somebody moves out, they're always reaching out to me if I want more. And and because of social media, right? People's constantly landlords, property managers constantly reach out to me, asking me if I 
if I'm looking for more units because they're looking to, you know, work with somebody like me. So it's, yeah. So I don't have to go out as much. Opportunity kind of finds me. But yeah. Yeah. So how, if somebody want, okay, I want to know more about it. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay in touch with you. But like, say if somebody listened to our, our podcast or whatever, and they go to your Instagram, how, if they want to call you to get more information on how to do this, yeah. how would they catch you? So definitely you guys can tap in with me. You know, you can find me on Instagram, Kamoy, K-E-M-O-Y underscore Martin. Uh, I have an upcoming Airbnb masterclass that's free. You can tap into and uh, if you just reach out to me on Instagram, you'll be able to get the details on that. Or on YouTube, they can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I drop a lot of gems there as well. Okay, so they're going to check you out on that. If anybody has any questions with us, like if you want to know about the mentorship program, if you got wholesale properties and you can't get rid of them, call call Meldon. He'll go look at them. Um, you go to skymilesllc.com. Go to Hand Radio. You can, you can send an email there. Any, any of our places where you can reach us or if you if you're looking for properties to buy we got wholesale properties all the time if you can't sell your hotel property call us we'll look at it if we like it we'll buy it um if you're interested in the mentor program just go to whatever we put up on the screen so so kimoy real quick man i know we gotta go and i know you gotta get ready to get on the plane and, and go to the next, next exotic place but we want to thank you really appreciate your time brother today it's been it's been phenomenal and um, we, we thank you for taking the time and uh, we'd like to maybe uh, reserve the opportunity to bring you back uh, and talk some more um, about um, this great business that you're doing. And um, so we just wanted to thank you. Certainly we want to shout out to uh, Hand Radio, all the folks out there Richard. listening. And we definitely take care of our brother, our producer, the visionary uh, of uh, Hand Radio, King Richard Good. So we Brad. thank you all for, for tuning in and uh, please follow us on uh, all the uh, social media apps. Uh, the Real Estate Podcast on Facebook, underscore estate, underscore podcast on Instagram, and uh, the Real Estate Podcast on Twitter and all those other social media platforms. And also, uh, we're on uh, uh, YouTube, Spotify, all all the uh, podcast channels. So check us out. Check us out. Thank our, you all. Our home is handradio.org. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, guys. It was truly an honor. Guys, if you're serious about real estate, definitely tap in with Al. He's guru beast right now but not just a guru guru but he actually knows his stuff so um definitely with the wisest decision you'll make tapping in with him and if i could say anything just before i get out of here anything that you want to do like 100 make it happen like the life that you want it's available to you but it's not going to happen because you just want it to happen it's going to happen because you absolutely execute not make any excuses so look forward right. to connecting with everybody that taps in with me and uh yeah man let's go out here and get it all right proud of you Kimoy. appreciate yeah, you bro. Inspiration, right. man. Inspiration. Be Thanks, blessed. Man. Thank you.